The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks is the other king, not our king, King James, on the verge of his fourth NBA championship. We're definitely going to break down game four of the NBA Finals and, of course, preview game five. Monica, we cannot forget about the WNBA Finals. Could the Aces weather the storm? <laughs> See what I did there. <laughs> See what I did there? And we'll also tell you who's tripping this week. All right. Plus, uh, King and I have to give out our BBB awards. We need an official soundtrack and red carpet. Uh, we're going to explain those. But Darlene, come on, tee us up. Let's run it. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Monica is a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a three in transition and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. King is a former 3 and D Baylor baller whose idea of a good time is locking down the other team's best scorer. Monica, King, let's do this. Thank you, my dear Darlene. All right, so um, game four of the NBA Finals is in the books, and the Lakers are one win away from banner number 17. We're going to get to that. But before we get to that, there has been a champion crowned in the other wobble as it is affectionately called in Florida. The Seattle Storm swept the Las Vegas Aces 3-0 because the W Finals series was only a five-game series. Uh, Tuesday night, the Storm wrapped it up. They basically said, we're sick of this bubble. It's time to send everybody home. And so they took care of business. Tremendous performances from Jewel Lloyd and Brianna Bri- uh, Stewart, who was named Finals MVP. Um, and of course, Suber continues to be great even though, not even though, I, what is the conversation about age? Like I've heard Sue Bird say that she doesn't feel old until she's asked about it. But last night I also heard her joke. She doesn't ask her teammates what they were doing in 2004 when she won her first championship. So Bruce, as our elder statesman, like, are you always <laughs> aware of your age? I mean, I'm, I'll be 31 this month. King just had a birthday. What'd you turn? 24, Kobe 24. year. And Bruce, you know what I'm saying? You could be our uncle. So, like, do you, are you always aware of your age? Like, how does that go? Uh, I don't really think about it too much because I feel great. And because I have the privilege of hanging out with folks like yourselves, you guys keep me younger. And back when I was at ESPN, you know, always kind of working with younger people, I felt the same way then. I mean, I never knew what best drip meant until King McClure told me that best drip means best dressed. So that's how I keep myself young. Um, that's a great point. Uh, either way, Sue will turn 40, I believe, next week. Um, and she has now won, God, three WNBA titles. This is her second in three years with the Seattle Storm. Um, and she, I believe, my friend Justin Tinsley earlier today, we were working on a project, and he said that she's won 37 championships since high school in different forms, right? Like high school, college, international, her international team, Olympic team, and WNBA. And she's only 40. Well, and she's 40. So she's won something for almost every year of her life. Wow. You know. Crazy, right? Sue Bird is undeniably the GOAT. But off the court, when it comes to drip, like Bruce was talking about, 
she's hands down the goat. She so is so clean. Her and her wife, uh, Megan Rapinoe. Rapino oh girlfriend. They're not married yet. Oh, girlfriend, my bad. Her and her girlfriend, they probably the cleanest couple out in the world right now. They are definitely drip-tastic. Um, on, a ser- on a little bit more serious note in terms of the Seattle storm, Jewel Lloyd last night had a great interview with Holly Rowe. And Jewel Lloyd was one of Kobe Bryant's, not just mentee, but she was very close with Kobe. And so in the post-game, of course, she's feeling all this excitement for winning a championship. But at the same time, she talked about the weight of this season and doing it for Kobe and Gigi and the whole Bryant family, and then Breonna Taylor and the Say Her Name campaign. And you could see just sort of the emotions taking over her. Um, She talked about she wore her gold Kobe's. King, you got to help me out on which Kobe they are. But anyway, she has a pair of gold Kobe's that she wore last night specifically for that reason. And it just reminded me, and not just in the WNBA, also in the NBA too, and even baseball, every professional league that is managing to play right now, it reminded me of the tremendous sacrifice that those women made this year and how even in their sacrifice, there was still a bigger purpose as far as them lending their voices and their platforms to acknowledging and talking about the social injustices in our society, particularly um, for women of color. So I applaud the WNBA. I applaud all of those terrific players. Uh, This year's season was a sight to behold for sure. We always talk about the WNBA and how they are the leaders for social change and and everything. You know, they always lead the way. Like they're the top of the top, and people want to follow after them because they do such a great job at bringing awareness or just talking about things in the world that really matter. And mm-hmm. it's bigger than basketball for these women, and, and you can tell. And they really live out what they what's on the back of their jerseys, what they say. They live it out. They really mean it. You can tell when it's genuine and sincere. I applaud the WNBA as well for having a remarkable season and really bringing forth what what really matters in this world. Yep, agreed. I think it'll be really interesting uh, to see once they're all back out in the regular world outside the bubble, where are they going to take this next as far as Mm -hmm. the fight for social justice? I would expect their profile has been raised enormously and they're going to be able to do a whole lot of wonderful things. Well said, Bruce. With that, congratulations to the Seattle Storm. Those women deserve to get some much-earned rest and separation space away from one another. And then quite a few of them are heading overseas to begin their other professional season where they make their real bread. Back to the NBA. They're still playing in their bubble, which probably won't last too much longer. But I have a game for the NBA Finals. The Lakers just put it on the heat. I mean, the Heat gave it all they got. Just did not have enough at the end of the day. King James was doing King James things. However, Anthony Davis might have a a prince? Or is that offensive to call him the prince? (laughs) <laughs> we're not, we don't mean it in an offensive way. I get, I get what you're Not going. in an offensive way, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. There's only one prince. There's only one prince. Come on, man. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Anything lower might be really offensive. Like, if I was to say uh, the court jester or something like oh, that. Oh, that is offensive. That's don't offensive. Call. Like, king part two, king number two. Um, uh, I don't, we got to work on that. We'll get our source out a little we, later. We, we got to work on that. But yeah, you get what I mean. <laughs> Um, okay, so wait, are you, so the, the stat lines are, Braun put up 28, 12, and 8, 
AD had 22, 9, and 4, 39 and 41 minutes, respectively. Um, so I actually didn't feel like either one of them played that well in the first half. Yeah. But my unsung heroes in this game, t- personally, are Rajon Rondo and KCP. Rajon Rondo kept coming up with huge offensive rebounds in moments where it felt like the Heat had a chance to close the gap and they were so deflating because then the clock is going against you and obviously the Lakers have another chance to score. So I thought Rondo had a big game, even though statistically it was only 2.7 rebounds and five assists, but I thought he had a big time presence. I was kind of hurt after that game. I really felt like the Heat would pull it out. But when Jimmy missed that three, that was open, and LeBron went down the other end and found KCP in the corner for three, six-point swing, that was it. With three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. A lot of I think people Jimmy, talk bad about KCP. And he has played really well. Like it, it, he, he dealt with a lot of inconsistencies like throughout the bubble and throughout the probably the beginning of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But he's played really well as of late. And, and KCP probably, because Rondo is just doing Rondo things. You, it's what you expect out of Rondo. Mm-hmm. But nobody expects this out of KCP. Uh, KCP is definitely the unsung hero because nobody, I wouldn't expect this. I would expect this from like a JR or a Deion Waiters, but not KCP. When the Lakers went into the bubble without Avery Bradley, who opted out because of, you know, family mm-hmm. stuff, Avery, Avery Bradley is a. Yeah, I mean, Avery Bradley is a great perimeter defender. And I thought, you know, KCP, we give him a lot of credit for hitting the threes, whatever. But he was great on defense. I mean, he was like their point of attack defender a lot of times. He'd be, you know, he'd be going after the guy bringing the ball up and and did a really nice job in that area. And you don't get any real credit for that. It's funny you said that because he drew the task of Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson a lot, right? And while they're not Jimmy Butler in terms of size and strength, they were working off them screens. Like, they were cutting. At one point, I was like, wow, they look like they're in college again, Michigan and Kentucky, respectively. And he had to trail. He got hit. He got a couple in his eye hole from Tyler Hero. But for the most part, you're <laughs> right, Bruce. He was super pesky on the perimeter. Duncan Robinson is not an easy man to guard. Because you see how fast he sprints off handoffs of trying to get open. It's kind of like guarding Steph almost. Like whenever mm-hmm. you're guarding him, you're not really worried about being an on-ball defender. You're not worried about him crossing you or blowing by you. You just got to chase that man off a million down screens, which mm-hmm. honestly is harder to do than guard somebody on-ball. Because if you're on-ball, like, I mean, you're not moving that much. But guarding somebody off five down screens, that could have required stamina and a lot of awareness. And that's not easy. For sure. Let's go to the other side, though, because for as much as I think the Lakers as a team put it together, and obviously LeBron continues to be LeBron, I am a little bit flustered that AD was not as assertive in the paint. He hit them threes, cool. But I was like, so AD, when you going to just go in the paint and body these dudes? Because they can't do nothing with you. But anyway, on the other side of the ball, I think what Jimmy Butler said after game three, right? in terms of it showed his team that we belong here, was 100% spot on. Even though Tyler Hero wasn't exactly playing fantastic basketball in the first half, I appreciated that he was being aggressive. Even Kendrick Nunn, a couple of those times, those guys went ahead and penetrated, and you got your shot blocked, but you were being aggressive. Then there were times where the pump fakes actually worked for them. So I was so excited to see Bam back on the floor as well. 
Um, I really think there's a couple of plays in that last three-minute window. Like, Jimmy needed that three. Um, there was another time that Jimmy, instead of taking a jump shot at the free throw line, he pumped fake, pivoted, like, didn't pan out. And there was, like, a turnover sprinkled in there that allowed the Lakers to kind of separate themselves. Couple different plays in that last three minutes. I mean, the Heat were right there. You got to really respect what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I think Jimmy Jimmy had the unfortunate uh, situation where AD was guarding him on a number of key possessions, and Jimmy was one for seven on the possessions that AD was guarding him. And I think Jimmy just kind of looked towards the end. He was deferring a little bit too much. He was passing yeah. shots up, and I have to believe that some of that. Not necessarily physical fatigue, but I think mental fatigue from just grind. I mean, does anyone grind harder than Jimmy Butler? Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy is just, but but he's only human, right, King? I mean, at some point, does it, yeah. don't, don't you just kind of say, oh, my God, I'm, I'm going up against a meat grinder here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he's going up against arguably the best player, not just in basketball right now, but potentially in the world ever in LeBron James and Anthony Davis who I'll just go ahead and say it probably might be the second best player in the NBA honestly so you're not going against any slouches I mean no offense to the Celtics but like it's just a different level no offense Bruce but they're they're great (laughs) players but they're just not the same level like you're going against top of the top so I mean at the end of the day Jimmy Butler is a grinder he works hard there's only so much he can do. Because like you said, mm-hmm. he is human. He, he's not going to be able to take over. Now, if he was to do that, then we got to, you know, change our conversation about what Jimmy Butler's capabilities in the ceiling. But it, it's only so much he can do. Because at the end of the day, they just don't have enough. Right? Mm-hmm. They, they, their superstars just don't compare to AD and LeBron. And I think that those two guys are just on a whole other level. And LeBron, you can just tell, he's laser focused on winning his fourth ring and nothing was going to get in his way. When LeBron has that motive, has that mindset, there's nothing you can do about it. So here's the question, guys. If hopefully everything doesn't come tumbling down because here comes a dog. Can you please get out? Uh, is this a gentleman's sweep? Is it a done deal in your minds? King? Yes. This is um, over with. Um, bye-bye. Pack your things up and get out the bubble. I'm so sorry. My, my original prediction before anybody got injured was Lakers in six. Um, and you know what? I'm going to give Miami some respect here. I'm not predicting they're going to win game five, okay? I don't think they will. But they are going to fight right down to the very end. And I believe they'll be in this game in the fourth quarter. But no, it ends on Friday night. <laughs> Bruce, that was the most politely disrespectful way you could have answered that question. Why? Why is it disrespectful? <laughs> because you teed it up. I'm going to give Miami some respect. I'm thinking you're going to say, I'm not going to change my prediction. Actually, they're going to be competing in the fourth quarter, but they're still going to lose. All right. <laughs> is it, is, I mean, look, isn't that, isn't that a compliment considering their leading scorer, Goran Dragic, will likely not be playing. Yeah. Bam gutted it out on uh, on Tuesday night, but he wasn't. I mean, he only took eight shots. I mean, Bam Adebayo's got to take more than eight shots. So, I mean, I'm I'm giving lots of love. And if Miami should end up winning uh, on Friday, then next week when we do the show, I'll say, see, I said it all along. Lakers six. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was dope. <laughs> 
I'm going to tee it up for you guys here because I will not be giving any awards, but I'm happy to be the BBB MC because fans of this show know that Bucket Sports and Blocks, we sometimes call the show by its nickname, the BBB Pod. So in honor of absolutely nothing, Monica and King are going to give out our very first and possibly very last BBB Awards from Life in the Bubble and the Wubble. Monica, we are going to start with you. Best social justice slogan on the uniforms. So I actually thought that the slogans were, I hate to use the word patronizing because I think that's strong. But I think the idea, we got to remember that the idea of protests are to disrupt. And so as soon as something's okayed, somebody has to be thinking, what's the next level? What's the next push of this? But what I will say, for me, the most relevant, do it now, do it today, had to be vote. King? So I actually like that, the, the vote one. Um, but for me, one, one that probably hits home the most was definitely education reform. Uh, I really, I really, I'm a firm believer in uh, that's how, maybe we can't do it in terms of now, you know, but I feel like in the future for it to maybe, you know, eliminate a little bit of racism, eliminate a little bit of, uh, you know, to get people thinking, to change people's minds and hearts. I feel like it starts with the younger generation. We have to grow them up the right way so they can hear the right things. I think education reform is, is, is really important in that. And I think it could really help. So I think education reform was definitely the, the best social justice slogan for me. Okay, next category, best shoes. King, why don't you go first on this one? Mm, I have to give this to my man from the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, with his Adidas Pro models with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor on them that I think he wore in the first round of the playoffs. Pretty sure he won the first round of the playoffs, yes. I know he wore them in the fifty point in the fifty point game where he had the famous interview with Jared Greenberg. He had him on there, so I don't remember. Yes. I think that was game six against Utah. Yes, he won in the first round. But with the pictures with Brianna Taylor and George Floyd on them, even though the shoes were ugly, no offense, but the shoes were not attractive. The shoes were ugly, but because he had Brianna Taylor and George Floyd on him with the fists, I like that. I got to give that best shoe to him. The sh- so oh, you're God. saying you're saying the shoe itself is ugly, but the designs compensate. Yeah, yeah, the shoe was ugly, but the custom was was, was fire. <laughs> I would never ever wear the shoe, but okay. when you put the custom on it. It makes it look a whole lot better. Got you, got you. Okay, so I'm going to go over to the Wubble. And there was endless drip this season. But (laughs) we talked about this in our W segment. I think I got to give a big shout out to Jewel Lloyd and her exclusive Gold Mamba Kobe 5 PE. Um, Mm. I just think such a big moment. Like, such a big moment. And don't get me wrong, there were were players who had Breonna Taylor on their shoes and so on and so forth. But I think the combination of the moment. And I know that if Kobe was still with us, he would be using his voice um, to adjust, address the same things that the women in the W and the men in the NBA were passionate about. So I'm going with the Kobe fives in all gold, an exclusive kick just for Jewel Lloyd. Before we get to the next category, <laughs> before we get to the next category, I have to say I am not down with the bi-color pairs where your left shoe is one color and your right <laughs> shoe is another color. To me, that looks like something kids do to fool around when they're kids. Hey, I think I'll wear different color shoes on each foot. Won't that be funny? 
Bruce, and you, you're showing your age. <laughs> you're showing your age on that one. <laughs> I think the multicolored shoes are fire. Let's go. All right. Best. I, I can, all right. So, all right. We'll edit that part out of it. No, I'm kidding. All right. <laughs> Best gunslinger, Monica McNutt, male or female, in the bubble slash wubble. Gunslinger, bubble slash wubble. Um, all right, so I don't want to make this the whole, okay, so I'm gonna go two. On the W side, it has to be Brianna Stewart, finals MVP, just had a peak level season, even though she was injured, like nobody could stop her. On the men's side, y'all know that going in, I was hyped for the Utah Denver series and Jamal Murray just exceeded expectations, took his game to the next level for me. He is now entering the upper echelon of the best players in the league and should be in that conversation. And his team is good. They took out the Clippers. King? Best wait, gunslinger? Wait, 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 wait. Best in the league? In the bubble. No, I didn't say best in the league. Did I say oh, best in the okay, league? Oh, okay, okay, okay. My bad. I'm getting I'm old. Yeah. yeah, you are getting old. 24 <laughs> is so old. You can't hear now. Yeah, man, you're getting okay. old. <laughs> best gunslinger. Um... You know, I think the best gunslinger is always James Harden because he's always in the bubble. No, no, no. I mean, just in general, he's always oh, okay. true. But however, best gunslinger in the bubble, I gotta go with Monica on this one. Jamal Murray definitely uh, displayed greatness. I'm not gonna say he's best in the league, but um, <laughs> and nobody's best in the league. We're talking about the bubble. But he has definitely showed that he is going up there, heading in the right direction. Honorable mention, Donovan Mitchell. Just my uh, one set. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Donovan, honorable mention, yeah. For sure. Okay, we're, we're closing in on the final categories here. So, uh, best drip, meaning mm. best dressed. Your listeners all know that stuff. <laughs> it was new to me with my multicolored shoes that I'm going to go buy now because I'm ashamed. Best drip. <laughs> Monica, I let you start. All right, so I'm going to stick to the wobble, and this one's pretty easy because I think, and I'm, I don't mean this in a sarcastic way, but I think she probably was the only person dressed to the nine to come to games consistently, and that is your girl, Taya Cooper. <laughs> um, Taya has the, you know, the Instagram thing is real for her. I heard she broke up with her former fiance, but I don't know if that's true. But anyway. She was um, in the bubble. Oh, she was in the bubble? Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe she didn't break up with him. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the, the rookie, you know what I'm saying? Let edges always lay ponytail popping. Uh, she comes with the fits. I can't hate on her for that. Shout out to you for sure. Um, best drip. I have to, there's two. Okay. I'll go with Tyler Harrow, who is definitely, <laughs> but, <laughs> and secondly, Troy Daniels. Troy Daniels is very slept on, but if you watch his drip going to the games, he is a very fly brother. Okay. I'd, I'd have to go look at his Instagram now. I didn't even know that. Troy Daniels is fly. I was, I was impressed with the coaching staffs and their drip because they all seemed like they had very nice coordinated outfits. It looked like, <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know what, like the Boy Scouts or something. I don't know what. They're but. polos. I, I will give you some of the, some of the coaches was flexing on the, on the shoe. Some of them was flexing yeah. on the shoes with their polos. <laughs> okay. We got two more categories and I'm going to go a little out of order here. Worst hair. 
King McClure, you first. Because I know Monica doesn't love this one, but I know she's going to dig deep and find something. Okay. But King, worst, worst hair. As much as I love his game, Jimmy Butler, what are you doing with your hair, your facial hair? Like, it's like almost like it's like a tradition. Like he just doesn't want to get a haircut because he feels like he's gonna play bad and lose his superpowers. That's almost what it looks like because my man hasn't probably got a haircut since the bubble started, and that was three, four months ago. He looks homeless. If he wasn't Jimmy Butler, <laughs> you would look at him and be like, but there's no way you playing the NBA looking like this. He better be lucky he is very talented. Actually, but I think he looks very NBA personally. <laughs> No. Um, so I so I don't know if it's so much about superpowers or if it's Jimmy making his statement on being focused. I do agree that you don't have to get a haircut. You could give me a wash and a little bit of a comb to get some of them matted BDBs. But maybe he's doing freeform locks and we don't know. It's yet to come to fruition. I, who knows? It looks bad. Did you all get a look? Um, did you all get a look at Solomon Hill? But at least Solomon Hill, Solomon Hill has hair has been combed. Yeah. yeah. All right. It's it's big, but it's been combed. I think Jimmy, I gotta go back and look at him. Jimmy looks like if you put a comb in there, it's gonna break. It's gonna break. It is absolutely, <laughs> absolutely gonna snap. It's not coming through. You got that's the one where you gotta section off section by section and like <laughs> comb through it. Um. All right. So this question is tough. I'm not gonna give this award in the wobble because in fact the hair journey was very personal. Um, I will take this opportunity to shout out the league, in particular, Asia Wilson and Mountain Dew, who sponsored the women's hair shop salon in the Wubble so that the women could take care of their hairs and Bill Lambier could get a haircut. And the final category in the inaugural and final BBB Awards. <laughs> Why they gotta be final, Bruce? You don't know that yet. <laughs> we'll, see how, we'll see how the downloads are after we run this segment and then... <laughs> <laughs> we'll let the we'll let the audience decide. No, I, I think I, I think we'll probably do it again. Best performance. Brrr, drum roll, ladies first. Monica. Best is this best single game performance? Just, you know, lifetime achievement, lifetime bubble achievement award, best performance. Doesn't have to be someone still playing. It could be something else. Okay, so I um this one, okay, this one's tough. I could go two ways, but I already gave Brianna Stewart an award, plus she won the title and finals MVP. So I'm gonna give my best overall bubble performance to the WNBA MVP, Asia Wilson, um, who really took a, the next step in her game. And I think really showed off what she can do. Um, it, this, this season was heavy. I mean, on both sides, the men's and women's side. So that's, that's a lot to take on in the absence of some key players on that Aces squad, Asia stepped up in a big time way and the whole league recognized it. So Asia Wilson is my best wobble performance. King? Best performance, honorable, honorable mention has to go to TJ Warren. Mm. 50 points for a span of like six, seven games was absolutely going crazy. Like averaging like 30, 40. Gotta give him his credit. But I think the best overall performance in the NBA bubble was Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell. You mm, gotta give it to yes. those two guys when they battled uh, the most points ever between two people in a series. Um, it was an incredible performance by two young future superstars. 
have to give it to those two guys, and um, they did that thing in the bubble. I agree. That that's a good. That's a really good one, King. Excellent. That concludes the BBB Awards. I am BB, and up next, who's <laughs> tripping? Now it is time for the famous segment, Who's Tripping? And this week, we're going to get a little bit off of topic. It's, we have a basketball show, but we're going to talk a little bit about football. And it's not necessarily who's tripping. It's more so like who's unprepared or who's not ready. And that would be everybody in college football right now. Because... <laughs> When you look at these college football games, there are so many upsets. Like Alabama just lost. Oklahoma's lost two in a row. Um, if you – I can't even remember everybody. Oh, Texas just lost to TCU. Um, when you look at this season and you watch the games, it's not to the same level, same caliber as what you see in the past. There's a lot of upsets, a lot of teams that just do not look ready. And I, I, I know it's because of COVID, but it's almost like, does this season even count? Because in NBA, I mean, at least the guys looked like they, after like the first three, four games, they looked back to normal. College, they don't look good at all. Like I was watching Baylor. They don't look very good. A lot of schools do not look very good. So does this season even count, Monica? So this question about the season counting has come up across sports. And I think that it's a question that represents us being prisoners of the moment, right? However, what makes this unique is this isn't like a lockout or a, or a summer without preseason workouts on the collegiate level that only affected sports. Everybody in society can be touched with all the things that make 2020 unique. So to answer that question, yes, it will count, but I think we all will remember what is going on. And so... At one point, I thought it was dope that strength and conditioning coaches were putting out content, telling their guys to go get water jugs, to fill up a book bag, to create their own weights at home, to do the same kind of workouts or, or simulate the workouts that they would be doing on campus. But now, when we see the product, it, it's not so cool. Like, you can tell that they did not have their full offseason. It, it's almost, I don't want to say embarrassing, but it's just, like, not – it's not, it's, not, it's not fun to watch. And I pray, I pray that college basketball is not the same way. I pray. I agree with you. Ready. I think Please. college basketball will be better prepared. One, it's indoors. You can create more of a bubble situation. And we have seen that college basketball teams, men and women, are already on campus working out with their masks and being mm -hmm. tested. So they've had a little bit more of a normal offseason. My who's tripping? We are going to stay with football. My who's tripping is the NFL. All right. We got COVID tests, y'all. We got COVID tests. We had 20, I believe that last count, last week, 20 folks test positive for the virus from the Tennessee Titans organization. I believe they had a couple more positive tests today, Wednesday, October 17th, when we're recording this pod. Cam Newton missed the game. That's a big time name in case y'all forgot. The Kansas City Chiefs had someone test positive, and I believe the Patriots had another positive test. I know the NFL wants to get this season done. There is lots of money at stake. I get it. But they also have no rules. There's no reason that this thing doesn't get extended out besides the fact that it makes it a very unusual season, even more unusual than it already is in 2020. They're going to have to figure out what to do. They may need to shut this thing down 
to avoid spreading this disease. I don't like how cavalier they are. And I know they have their protocols. I'm not privileged to that. But from where I'm sitting, it seems like they've been pretty cavalier, as if just because they're dealing with elite professional athletes, they can't be humbled by this disease. I would hate to see somebody become seriously ill with this thing before the NFL is proactive instead of reactive. Sure. They need to shut this season down, particularly because my Cowboys are one and three. Oh no, no, we don't want. To, we don't care about that. We don't care about that. And I'm not even. I'm not even saying shut it down forever. But they got to figure out a way to get this under control. If it means we take a break every four games, we take a two week break to to clear things out. Then cool. They got the time. People still gonna watch. I agree with you. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. People. It's time to wrap this thing up. Woo! Thanks to our super producer, our BBB award MC, our third co-host, our just extraordinary person on all things wisdom when it comes to being over 50, Bruce Bernstein. We love you, Bruce. <laughs> and our outstanding editor, Tom Phillips. Don't forget our other shows. The Mike Wise Show drops each Monday with a new show. Full Court Press with John Fanta is here on Tuesdays talking college hoops. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto and Aaron have a brand new show with their guest, author Pete Croato, whose book, Hang Time to Prime Time, explores how the NBA went from an afterthought in the mid-1970s to a cultural and financial monster. BJ and Eric have the Pure Hoops podcast every Friday, and I'm back with King next Thursday with a new Buckets, Boards, and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media. Okay, everybody. I know I say this every week, and I might sound like a broken record, but it is real. You're still going to the clubs. You're still going to football games. You're still doing things you're not supposed to be doing. Monica just touched on this. Please be safe. The NFL is having cases. The cases are starting to spread a little bit more. It's almost flu season. Get your flu shot. But at the end of the day, please wear your mask. Make it a fashion statement if you have to. Get a Gucci one. Get a Louis one. Be like Monica. Just wear a nice mask, okay? Whatever you got to do to wear a mask, just please wear it. You can Monica wear the- wears disposable masks. <laughs> disposable masks you can are fine. Wear the disposable mask and like just draw something with a sharpie on it. Please <laughs> wear your mask because it protects not only yourself but it protects other people and it stops the spread. And also, the social justice. Y'all know what's going on there. That that's still a topic that's very real, very raw, very relevant. Just don't dismiss it. Now that the NBA is gone, now that the WNBA, NBA is almost gone. WNBA is gone. Don't dismiss it. Don't forget what they are, what their whole message is about. Please go vote. If you like Buckets, Boys, and Blocks, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. And until we meet again, Monica, 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 you know what to do. There's only a possibility of three NBA games left, but enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt and King McClure is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.